Okay. We are working on nowhere. James chapter 3. What did you learn so far? To not have lazy Which is really about what? Accepting people. No matter what they have on, whatever they're wearing, clothes don't make any difference. We did learn that. What did you learn last week? Anybody in particular? Father of the faithful, people who are faithful, they are like Abraham. Rahab, what did she do? She helped the spies. Yeah. In what city? Jericho. What did she do to him? She hid them and lied to them. She hid them. Was she wrong when she lied for them? No, she wasn't. Why? Because she was protecting God's people. Well, she was helping these guys who <laughs> had been wearing the same clothes for 40 years and the same shoes. Because when they went through the desert with Moses, their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. So if I had the clothes on that I had 40 years ago and I wore them every day, would you notice? Of course, you'd stick out like a sore thumb. So these guys came in, they're going to spy. And they hope nobody knows who they are. Everybody knows who they are. They got 40-year-old clothes on. So she hides them and gets them going in the right direction, help them to do their job. Chapter 3. few things here that may be the most important thing in the book of James. All right, so we're going to see how well you do. Verse 1, chapter 3. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Okay, what does that mean? Don't be a master. What's a master? Do you have any masters? How many people work somewhere? You got a master. Boss. Your boss is a 
master, all right? We all have masters, somebody that's over us. <coughs> Do you want to be the boss? How many people want to be the boss? Sure? What does it say? Don't be many bosses. My brother, be not many masters. Don't be many bosses. Why would you not want to be the boss? It says we shall receive the greater <laughs> condemnation. <laughs> Bosses have to take blame. Why? Because they're in charge and they're expected to do a good job. And if they don't do a good job, it's their fault. Now, in the world that you and I live in and work in, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes the bosses just blame you. <laughs> so if you're going to be a good boss, what? How are you going to do it? You're going to take the blame. If something is that's under your control, you can't run around and say, he did it, he did it, they did it, they did it. No, no, no. It's your fault. All right? So to be a boss, he says... Uh, you're going to have to take a lot of blame and that may be a job you don't want. You don't want to take blame. I don't want to be boss. Why? It's not always easy uh, to be a boss. There may be people who aren't very good workers. Anybody know people that aren't good workers? They work for people that you know. That's hard. What are you going to do with them? Scream at them? Yell at them? Does that get it done? Probably not. I mean, you could try it, but it doesn't work very well. So if you're going to be a boss, you're going to have uh, an issue. You're responsible for things. And so you may have to think this through. Maybe I don't want to be a boss. And here he gives us the reason, verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and we will also to bridle before God. Okay. So he says, why would you not want to be the boss? We said, well, I'll take blame so for their responsibility. He said, here's why, though. Here's the real reason why. <coughs> we offend all or everyone. We offend everyone. So if everybody you talk to is going to be offended, how's being a boss going to be? <laughs> not much fun, not good, not good. So he says, the problem that lies inside of us, be a boss, you're going to be offending people left and right. You're bound to do it. And you do it, he says, uh, if any man offend not in word. So how is it that we offend people?
what you say. It's true, you can offend them by your actions, but he says it's really easy to offend people by saying certain things. It's easy to do that. Can you think of anybody that you offended with words? You think of anybody you didn't offend with words? <laughs> he says here, if a man doesn't offend with words, there's a perfect man, and he's able to bridle the whole body. So how is it that you will not offend people? What's the answer to not offending people? Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. James is shut your mouth. Control it. Control responses. Control your responses. There's an old song they used to sing when I was a kid. There was a time when I just had to tell my point of view. I was like you. <laughs> there was a time when I just had to say what my opinion was. And because I got in trouble all the time. So, are you able to control your responses. Are you able? <laughs> he says, look, if you can control what comes out of your mouth, you can control your whole life. You've got charge of your life if you can shut your mouth when it's time to shut your mouth. Right. What do you usually do when somebody accuses you? You say, yep, I did it. It's okay. That ain't what you say. Well, you know what you say. I didn't do that. Not my fault. Right? Did you do that? Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. So, let's go on and learn a little bit more about it. Verse 3. Behold, they put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about so, how big is a bit? You're a horse person. About that big, where does it go? It goes right inside of a horse. And with it, you do what? So they learn by, oh, this way, you go this way. Oh, this way, you go that way. Horse learns to respond to the bit. The bit's not really very big. Look how big the horse is. The horses are huge. Some horses are this high, huge, monstrous horses. We control him with a bit. So it takes a small thing, a small thing, which is a bit, and we put it in a horse's mouth and it controls the whole horse. Verse 4. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they driven about with a very small helm and within whatever shall they govern. Alright, so he says, 
The ship is the same way. It's got a little rudder. Anybody know what a rudder looks like? This just got a little piece of plastic, it's about that big, and it's kind of shaped like this. A little piece of plastic. The boat is bigger than two tables put together. The rudder's this big. But when you turn the rudder, it turns the whole boat. Then you can have great big huge ships in the ocean, and they got just a little rudder that they turn. Makes you go one way or the other. So you control something big. The boat is big. And you control it with a small rudder. Right? Five. Open your mouth as wide as you can. Can you stick your whole fist in there? Nope. Can't do it, right? I can't get my fist. I need to get a couple fingers in there. Can't get much. So if your mouth is as big as you can make it, and you can't only fit that much in, then your mouth is a pretty small part of your body, right? So you got this little piece, like a rudder on a ship, right, and like a bit in a horse's mouth, you got your little mouth, and he says, uh, it, it, it's a big deal, your little mouth is a big deal, it says, how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and you guys ever start a big fire, how's it start? Spark, little match, ain't this big? Strike a match. Start something small, and then all of a sudden, it goes and goes and goes, and it makes a big, huge fire. Says your mouth is just like that. It's a little small part of you, but it makes a lot of trouble. Okay, verse six. pretty rough there. He says your tongue has got a lot of problems. Matter of fact, most of your problems come from your mouth. Most of your problems come out of your own mouth, he said, and it defileth the whole body. Right? How does it do that? Well, it says it's set on fire of hell. You ever say nasty things to people? 
Don't make me say liar, liar, pants on fire. You ever say nasty things to people? Sure you do. Sure you do. You say nasty things. And he says, it controls, it defiles, that is, it means it <coughs> makes your whole body wrong. Your whole body is wrong because of what comes out of your mouth. Where does what comes out of your mouth come from? Your head? Anywhere else? As Jesus said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And out of the heart comes bad things. Which is like out of our inner person. Out of our inner person. We say things we shouldn't say. So how are you going to get a hold of this thing? How are you going to control your tongue? Verse 7. But the tongue cannot ever perish, but the tongue can taste well. Sorry. Uh, but the tongue can no man take. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. He says, You can tame a snake, he says. You can tame wild animals, you can tame birds, you can tame all sorts of things, but you got a real hard time taming your tongue. Real hard to tame your tongue. So how are you going to do it? How are you going to control your tongue? Verse 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Okay, there's one of the things that happens, right? You come to church and you say, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And then you go home. And you say, Dad, I hate this. Mom, I don't like what you did. Say whatever you want. Brother, sister, you're stupid. Whatever you want. So he says, how can you say, uh, one, what does it mean to talk out of both sides of your mouth? You know what that means? What does it mean to talk out of both sides of your mouth? No. What does it mean? So the things you say contradict each other. So if you say, oh, I love God, I love God, and you go, I hate my mother. I love God, I hate my father. They're contradictory. They don't go together. Okay? So you can't say things that are contradictory. So one of the things we got to figure out is how to shut your mouth and look at what we say. Does it contradict? Or does it talk out of both sides of your mouth? You say the opposite thing out of one side of your mouth and as the other. That's what he says. Out of one mouth, you... You, you bless God and you curse people. Verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. 
My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Uh, you ought to not talk out of both sides of your mouth. If you're going to swear and say nasty things, here's what you remember. This is really important. Get this in your head. You we can make it real big. Bad words. Good words. Bad words, he says, cancels your good words. So I said a lot of nice things. No, he didn't. If you said bad words, it cancels out your good words. He said that's the problem with being talking out of both sides of your mouth. Because your bad words wipe out your good words. Why would that be? If you said something bad and then turn around, something good and then turn around and said something really bad, what? would people say about your good word? More than that. You didn't mean it. Didn't mean it. If you're going to curse me in one breath and bless me in the next one, I'm going to say what well, you didn't mean. You, you can say, I didn't mean to curse you, but you did. That'll cancel out your good words. So, you can say a lot of good words and then to wreck a lot of it just with a few bad words. Cancel out all the good. People will assign to you that bad motive and say, look, that's the way you're going to talk. And that's very true. Uh, <coughs> can't bless God and swear like a trooper. <laughs> I know people come to church and they smile and say all nice things. And then... When I'm out somewhere meeting them, they're cursing and swearing up a storm. My opinion is that their words are canceled. Their good words got canceled by their bad words. Something we really got to think about. Verse 11. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Okay. So if you get a fountain and you say, well, sometimes the water's good, sometimes it's not. You're going to drink that fountain? Why? Because sometimes it's not. It means it's never really good, right? And once the fountain gets spoiled, we, we were walking out in Yellowstone Park. There's things coming off the mountain, little stream. I said to my brother, I'd love to drink of that. Don't you dare, he said. I said, why not? He says, because there's beavers up there. Beavers poison the water. Looks good, looks fresh, looks clear. You get really sick if you drink the water. Not, not possible to have good, sweet water and bad water come together. It's all bad. Verse 12. He says, you can't go to a fig tree and pick off olives. There's only one type of fruit comes off that tree. 
And if out of your mouth comes nasty things, then those things cancel the things that are good. So how will you control what you say? How are you going to do it? It's pretty important, right? I'd say it's pretty important. He just laid out this thing that says if you talk out of both sides of your mouth, it cancels all the good things that you say and it destroys it. And he says, your tongue is not very big, your mouth is a small part, but it really controls your whole body. And so how are you going to control what comes out of your mouth? Don't talk. That's it. your tongue. I have a habit that I form because when I sleep I grind my teeth it's not good to grind your teeth when you're sleeping so I sleep with my tongue between my teeth that's why I don't grind my teeth control control how are you going to not say things that you feel the impulse to say. You gotta say to yourself, think before you speak. Everybody needs that. Think before you speak. You're about to open your mouth and say something you think is funny. Do you think everybody thinks it's funny? You're about to say something about another person. Would they like that? Will it hurt them? You're going to be a whole lot more quiet than not. The quietest person I ever knew was my grandfather. He talked to me that I recall once. He took me in the basement. Showed me a couple tools that he worked with, sharpened my jacket. I don't ever remember him talking to me after that. I said, well, that's not very good. Guy never talks. He never got in trouble for what he said. Because he can hold his mouth controlled. And when he said something, then people took note. If he said it, must be worth hearing. Remember, my aunt was going to be married for the third time, and he said, don't marry that man. She said, I can marry who I want, I'll marry whatever I want, I don't care what you say. So she went and married the man. And she must have said a hundred times, I should have listened. I should have listened. Because he finally said something. If you only say things once in a great while. If you're talking all the time and always saying something about somebody, somehow you got to say, mm, wait a minute, let me think about that. Should I say that or not? Remember, your bad words cancel your good words. That's a pretty powerful little passage. It may be the most powerful one that he gives us in this book. 
It really gets down to where you live. Now, why do you think he got to be so good knowing about that? Tell me why you think he came to those conclusions. There's another reason. Why did he come to this conclusion? Back in your head to the first class. Who's James? Jesus' brother. Jesus brother. So you grow up with Jesus as your brother, right? So you think you got an example of a guy who shoots his mouth up all the time? No. Got an example of somebody who never said anything wrong so he must have shut his mouth a lot in the bible it says that james and his other brothers came to jesus and they said get him out of there he's over there preaching and get him out of there we think he's gone crazy he's out of his head <laughs> so they said about jesus and james must have regretted saying that huh he must have said, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that about him. I didn't know he was the son of God. Well, he said something he shouldn't have said. And he said it about Jesus. The Bible records it. So it's very good to know somebody who by their example has shut their mouth not said things that could have been said. They've controlled their responses. And they've learned to discipline their tongue. Then that person very likely has got his whole act together. His whole life is in the, going in a good direction the right way because he learned to control his tongue. It's a challenge for everybody, young people, old people, Believe me, there's a lot of old people I know I wish would shut up, talk too much, say too many things. All right? It's not just kids. But you could learn it now and get the discipline of it into your life now, make your life a whole lot easier as you get older. All right? You want to have your life easier or harder? Easier? Yeah, me too. Me too. I want an easier life. I don't want to be fighting with people all the time. Learn to move and you'll do better. Thank you.